This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 207, episode 207 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a nice Valentine's Day. Anyways, uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Daycations, Be Fit, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, No Limits with Kevin Cooney. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ, 30 Flirty and Surviving, and of course, the return of the eighth season of the Wicked Fast Podcast. That is my NASCAR podcast that I do with my very good friend, Brian Bell. We release episodes every week, so if you're into NASCAR, check it out, subscribe. Thanks so much. And if you're into sports, other types of sports, like sports cards, you can always check out the Card Vault Breaks in person at uh, Patriot Place. Uh, Foxwoods Resort Casino and online on YouTube, whatnot, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can always follow Big Night Media at Big Night Media on Instagram or visit the website bignightmedia.com. And you can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise to help support the podcast. Thanks so much at bignightshop.com. Okay, this is going to be a quick episode. I realize it's the All Star break for the NBA. And I also realize today is a holiday. That's why I'm releasing it a little bit later than usual. So we'll try and go through this as quick as possible. Everything that I got to say. Hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a a, a rating if you can. That'd be great. Appreciate it. All right. So obviously the biggest news of the week, the Boston Celtics have agreed to terms to make Joe Mazzulla the official head coach of the Boston Celtics, get rid of the interim tag. Very happy for Joe. Rumor has it he signed a a 19 year. That'd be crazy, right? Uh, A multi-year deal. And to be honest with you, I'm glad to see Joe here. Like, does he have a lot of things to improve on? Yup, of course he does. But who wouldn't six months into their job? Think about if you started a new job, how long would it take for you to feel better about where you are in your job? Chances are it's probably going to take a little bit more than six months. But the players like him. He's a Tatum guy. The organization likes him as well. So that's all that really matters. Now, to be honest with you, I really don't care what Tatum said on Saturday or Sunday, whatever the case may be. Over the All-Star break, uh, where he said Ime Adoka is like his favorite coach of all time, he gave props to Coach K and Brad Stevens, and he gave props to Joe Mazzulla as well, but of course, everyone's just going to talk about that one headline. So, listen, he can still say that his favorite coach is um, Ime Adoka. I don't care about that, but he also still loves Joe Mazzulla, and that's very important. So, And if you think he only said that because he loves Ime so much and doesn't want to make, you're an idiot. It's okay to enjoy certain people. Like, I have a favorite coworker, but that doesn't mean that they're my favorite coworker of all time, or I don't love other favorite coworkers. You get what I'm saying? Okay, great. But the positive is all this email stuff is behind this team. No more questions. Let's move on. Let's go focus on Banner 17. And they can do that 
because it's the start of the second half of the season. Well, kind of sort of. It's weird. Like, yeah, it's the all-star, all-star break, but they've already played, what, f- 59-some-odd games or something. So, yeah, 23 games left on the season. Half game up on the Milwaukee Bucks in first place. Three games up on the Philadelphia 76ers. And then five games up on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, there's my burp. Excuse me. Um, if the season ended today, they would play either the Heat, Hawks, Wizards, or Raptors, depending on how the play-in rolls out whether they're the first seed or the second seed. Now, the Celtics haven't really picked up anyone on the buyout market yet. Uh, Danny Green is going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, veteran bench guy who can defend and shoot the three ball very well. Kevin Love is going to the Miami Heat. Uh, I know a couple people on Celtics Twitter wanted Kevin Love. I think Mike Mazzulla is equal to Kevin Love. And what I mean by that is right now in their careers, I'm not saying overall Kevin Love is obviously going to be a Hall of Famer at some point. I don't know. You know, we can debate if he's going to be a first ballot or not, but I'm I'm fine with Kevin Love not being here. So here's the deal. 23 games left, 10 home games, 13 games in a row. And according to tankathon.com, the Celtics have the 10th hardest remaining schedule in the NBA. The Bucks have 25 games left, 13 at home, 12 on the road. But the interesting thing is the Bucks are waiting on results of Giannis visiting a wrist specialist today in New York City. He sprained his wrist against the Bulls last week. He played for about 30 seconds in the All-Star game, and the Bucks have the 11th hardest schedule left. So it's going to be very interesting to see what this specialist says, if Giannis misses any time, uh, when the minutes restriction is going to get lifted uh, for Chris Middleton, um, when will Jay Crowder get back in basketball shape, when will Bobby Portis come back. So it's going to be the Bucks. Could be an interesting team to to watch if you know if Giannis misses these first couple games uh, coming back from the All Star break, and then you have the 76ers. They got 25 games left as well, 10 at home, 15 on the road, and they have the hardest remaining schedule in the NBA according to Tankathon.com. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers. Listen, they are a good basketball team. They've beat the Celtics twice this year, and they have only 21 games left, so they could definitely rest some guys. 10 at home and 11 on the road, but. They're 13 and 17 on the road. That's not great. But to counter that point, they also have the fourth easiest schedule left in the NBA. So that's really not ideal. But obviously, the the first three games back for the Boston Celtics coming out of the All-Star break are Pacers, 76ers, and Knicks, which means starting on March 1st, the Celtics will have 10 games on the road and 10 games at home. Here are the games that they have at home. Cavs, Nets, Knicks, Blazers, Pacers, Spurs, Jazz, Raptors twice, and the Hawks. So I like that. You can beat the Blazers, you can beat the Pacers, you can beat the Spurs, you can beat the Jazz, you're better than the Raptors. The Hawks, if they're shooting the three ball well, can be tough. The Cavs are obviously very tough. You lost to the Knicks at home, and the Nets, I'm telling you folks, and I said this last week on the podcast, the Nets are still a sneaky good team. Now, are they great? No, are they going to go far? No, but they still have a lot of good players. Mikel Bridges, Cam Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas, Spencer Didwinney, Nick Claxton, they're still a pretty good team. And then on the road, the Celtics have Cavs, Hawks, Rockets, T-Wolves, Blazers, Jazz, Kings, Wizards, Bucks, and 76ers. But the most interesting part about all of this is they have some very interesting back-to-backs. They have to play the Knicks on March 5th at home at TD Garden. And then on the 6th, that next day, they have to go to Cleveland to play the Cavs. That's interesting because do you sit out Al Horford against the Knicks? Do you sit out Rob Williams against the Cavs? I would rather sit those guys against the Knicks and play against, you know, Mobley and um, Jared Allen. But again, who knows? And then they go Blazers Jazz. And this is part of a six-game road trip. Well, they'll be gone for 11 days. And then after that, 
that huge Bucks game on March 30th, and then they come back and play the Jazz again. So what are the Jazz going to be? Are the Jazz going to be either fighting for a playoff spot in the play-in, or are they going to be out of it? I mean, knowing Danny Ainge, they're probably not going to be fighting for that playoff spot, and hopefully they can get a lottery pick. And then the last one out of these uh, four back-to-backs that they have left, 76ers on the road. That could be a big game if the Celtics lose to the 76ers this Saturday um, in Philly, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then they play the Raptors at home, and the Raptors could be fighting for a playoff spot as well. And the 76ers could be fighting for seeding. So all of those back-to-backs are very interesting, not only for the Celtics, but also for those other teams. And that could make or break how the Celtics are going to play those games and who they're going to play in those games going forward. But the thing for me is that is really going to make or break where this team ends up seating wise. And this could be a little bit of, of an overreaction. I really don't care. But they have a six game road trip in the middle of March. They're gone for 11 days. They start in Atlanta and in Sacramento. Their opponent's record as of right now is 162 and 191. Losing record. Two out of the six teams that they play have a winning record. That means the four teams have a losing record. Just don't play down to competition like you have all year. And then you can come home versus the Pacers and Spurs, and you could win seven out of eight. Because let's be honest, I fully believe that they can beat the Hawks, and then I think they can beat the Rockets, and then I think they can beat the T-Wolves, the Jazz, the Trailblazers. And listen, the Sacramento Kings are a very good basketball team. I don't think they're a great matchup for the Celtics because of how fast they play. De'Aaron Fox is so good. Sabonis has always kind of killed the Celtics here and there. And then, so if you lose that Kings game and you win five out of six on the road, then you come home and play the Spurs and the Jazz or the Jazz and the Spurs, whichever way it is, that's huge for this basketball team. But as far as health goes, none of that really matters what I just said, depending on the health of these players for the Boston Celtics. And obviously the all-star break came at a good time. And at the, at the right time, Jalen played in his mask last night at the All-Star game, so he should be good to go on Friday versus the Pacers. Marcus Smart came back versus the Pistons and looked very good, especially defensively. Hobbled a couple times here and there, but seems ready to go. Al, I'm sure, is loving all this time off. Hopefully, Rob didn't move his legs at all, and he just laid in bed the entire time. And same with Malcolm Brogdon. Hopefully, these guys got the rest that they needed for this final 23-game stretch before the playoffs start. Because it's going to be very, very interesting. But speaking about um, Jalen Brown playing the All-Star game, let's talk about the All-Star game real quick. Um, Because we really only have two games to talk about this week. First off, got to say congratulations to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for putting on a show. Jason Tatum dropped 55 points, which was an All-Star game record, 10 boards, 6 six assists and listen my my cousin connor texted me uh last night and he's like remember when you said you didn't want jason tatum to start yeah i didn't want jason tatum to start because i wanted to be motivating for him to be like you know what fuck this fuck you guys i'm gonna take over and now when you actually think about it he might have more motivation and here's why so because jason tatum won the all-star game mvp here are the last five players who won all-star game mvp Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Steph Curry. Now, I'll let you think about that for a second on why that might be important. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll give you like three seconds. You ready? Did you figure it out? Well, let me tell you this. The last five guys who won the All-Star Game MVP are also your last five NBA Finals MVPs. Kawhi Leonard won the finals MVP the same year he won all-star game MVP. Steph Curry last year won the all-star game MVP last year won the NBA finals. So let us pray that this happens. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. Let us pray that that happens 
And that should be motivating for Jason Tatum. So if I can be wrong about my motivation for Jason Tatum, hopefully this gives him another way to be motivated and I can be right about this because that means Banner 18. But anyways, back to the game real quick. Jalen dropping 35 points off the bench, 14 14 boards, and then five assists. Five assists? Really, Jalen? Really? You're going to do five assists in the All-Star game, but you can't do five assists when you're with the team? Anyways, no, I'm kidding. But we need Jalen Brown to get other guys involved, and that's what I talked about last week. We need Jalen Brown to get these other guys involved for these last 23 games or so. But um, what else? What else from the All-Star game? Oh, yeah. It was so cool watching Jalen and Jason go at each other for what four five possessions and literally everyone else was watching and even Jalen said after the game no one else was in the arena and it was such like a cool thing and listen I know Jalen and Jason don't seem like best friends but they are close and I, I really and truly believe that they care about each other a great deal they just don't show it the way that everyone wants them to show it you know like Big Poppy and Manny Ramirez used to do like they're never though that's not who they are and I'm okay with that but I love just watching the other eight players on the court just go, go ahead, you two. Go have some fun. It, it was awesome. And the other big news uh, coming from uh, All-Star Weekend was Jason Tatum. He came out with his signature shoe, his first ever, the Tatum ones. Um, and they're interesting. And I want to know how they work. And, you know, I'm a sneakerhead. And I zoomed in on the bottom of the sneakers. And there's definitely some space in between the sole of the sneaker and, like, the mid, like the middle part of the sneaker, it's very interesting. I wonder if that's all comfort. That's probably new technology that we haven't seen in sneaker before because that's how Jordan brand works. But it, it looks really cool, and they're very cheap. Uh, they come out April 7th for $120. They're not going to be like your 225 retro pair of Jordans that I've spent too much money on in my life. But they have four colorways, and I'm going to rank them right now. Number one is Barbershop. Number two is Pink Lemonade. Number three is St. Louis. And number four is The Zoo. No offense to Deuce because Deuce, uh, according to Jason Tatum, is the one that created um, The Zoo one. But yeah, just not for me. All right. So the Celtics have two games this week. Pacers, 76ers. Obviously, the 76ers game is very important. But they also lost to the Indiana Pacers the last time they played them as well. So if you ask me, these are two important games this week. So they go to Indiana on Thursday night at 7 p.m. to play the Pacers. And here's the thing. The Pacers are 2-17 and 17 in their last 19 games. Their only two wins have been against the Chicago Bulls during this run. But they came to TD Garden in December, and they dropped 42 points on the Celtics in the first quarter. So why don't we just start there? Don't allow the Indiana Pacers to score 40 points in the first quarter. How's that? This is why you come to this podcast with these type of steaming, hot, incredible expertise, basketball analysis type of takes. Don't allow 40 points in the first quarter. I mean, the Pacers shot 18 of 39 for three in that game. They look like the Celtics shooting the ball. The Celtics didn't shoot the three that well, especially Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown shot eight of 23 in that game overall. Um, I think we all know that that won't happen again. Tyrese Halliburton, well-deserved all-star this year, dropped 33 points against the Celtics, but Marcus Smart didn't play that game. That was the game where Peyton Pritchard played, and everyone was just like, what? I'm sorry, what? That's weird. But whatever. It was what it was. But in the last 15 games, the Pacers have the fifth worst offense in the NBA and the sixth worst defense. Celtics have the 17th best offense and the fifth best defense. So um, say it with me now. Don't play down to your competition. Thanks. Appreciate it. The Like... 
these type of games against the Pacers, the Spurs, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, teams that are that are that have talent, you know, Dame, Damian Lillard won the three point contest, whatever the case may be. Like, hopefully, we don't have to worry about Mac McClung uh, dunking all over the Celtics on Saturday night. But the, these teams that have talent, Buddy Heald, good shooter, Miles Turner, reasonable NBA starter. You know, some Celtics fans are still obsessed with him for whatever reason. Tyrese Halliburton, well deserved All Star, but the Celtics are better. And these are the type of games that you have to win that could make or break having home court for the entire, and I will repeat that, the entire run of this playoff. Anyways, 76ers game on Saturday on ABC at 8.30 p.m. in Philadelphia. Big game. Huge game. Let me put it to you this way. You win this game, you win the season tiebreaker. Let me repeat that. You win this game, you win the season tiebreaker. The Celtics win this game. They go 3-0 against the 76ers. So if the Celtics and the 76ers, for whatever reason, have the same record, and the 76ers are the two seed and the Celtics are the three seed, that would flip if they have the same record because the Celtics own the tiebreaker. You win this game, you win the tiebreaker. They still have another chance in April if if they do lose. So let me just put it to you that way. 76ers finish the all, uh, or heading into the All-Star break on a four-game win streak. They do have to play the Grizzlies at home on Thursday night, so that'll be a tough game for them, just like it was for the Celtics on Super Bowl Sunday. But the Celtics let Joel Embiid drop 28 points the last time they played. James Harden, 26 points. And they played without Marcus, Rob, and Al and still won the game. Obviously, wildly impressive. But it also helped that Tobias Harris couldn't hit literally the Boston Harbor. If he was at the aquarium, he went 2 of 10. And then Tyrese Maxey went 3 of 14. That usually never happens. And he plays much better at home off the bench. Tyrese Maxey is a very good basketball player. But here's the thing. Joel Embiid has shot 10 free throws. I'm sorry, 9 free throws or less this year in 14 games. And 2 of them are against the Boston Celtics. When he shoots 10 free throws or more, they are 22 and 9. The Celtics, like I said, have held him to under 10 free throws both times they've played this year. And the last time they did that, number 12 was playing against him because Al Horford was on the floor. And listen, number 12 did a good job. He worked hard, did a good job against LB uh, and B. But now it's Al's turn because now if you can get Al and number 12 and Rob to get after him, I'm into it. Grab somebody sexy, tell him, hey. But now, hey, Al. I, to be honest with you, if you want to give Al a couple more days rest and not play him against the Pistons so he can be 110% to play against Embiid, and then when he's tired, you bring in number 12, I'm okay with that. So the question is, how can the Celtics go from 3-0, I'm sorry, 2-0 to 3-0 against the Philadelphia 76ers? That's really the big question. Number one, control Embiid from the free throw line. He loves to flop. He's going to get calls at home. We know that. If it's 10 or 11 free throws, fine. But once it gets to that 12 or 13 range... I'm going to start getting a little nervous about the game. Number two, you have to rebound the basketball. The Celtics are the sixth best rebounding team in the NBA this year. I was a little surprised by that. I knew they were good. But I didn't think they were like top five, top six. The 76ers are 28th. That means they are the third worst rebounding team in the league. I'm expecting to have Jalen to have a big game on the boards. Jalen, before he got hurt, has been rebounding the ball very, very well. I mean, he even did it in the All-Star game. If Jalen and Jason can help Al and Rob on the boards against this against this team and limit 76ers second chance points. <laughs> and then finally, control Tyrese Maxey. Because if you can take one of their best scoring options away, which is Tyrese Maxey, and you already have proved to yourself that you can beat them when Embiid and Harden almost drop 60 points on you combined, you're going to win. So that's what they got to do. 
Keep Embiid off the free throw line as much as you can. He's going to get to the line. He is. We all have to get over it. He's going to flop. He's going to scream and yell. He's going to get calls. We have to get over it. The Celtics just have to limit how they're, you know, how they get him to the free throw line. Rebound the ball and control Tyrese Maxey. And that's going to be it for episode 207 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating. Um, and as always, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. That is it. I hope everyone has a great week. We'll talk to you next Monday at the usual 8 a.m. time. Yeah, I think that's going to be it. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.